0: Let me tell you something. If you surrender this thing to the power of the Lord, this thing will give God glory and will probably be legendary amongst you and amongst your friends. We stop at the sickness, we stop at the divorce. We stop at the prodigal child. We stop at the trial. But if we surrender what God has allowed in our lives and give it over to the Lord for his power to be made manifest in it, for just like he said, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it in verse 4, that doesn't have to be the end of the story. We're putting a period when God said, what are you doing? Don't put a period there. You haven't seen my glory yet.
1: It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show.
0: Hey, hey guys, it's your girl Autumn Miles. What are you guys up to? What is going on? I hope you guys are doing awesome out there. We are, we're through January. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I've long since said that January is the worst month of all time. And uh, my husband's birthday's in January. And he's like, ah, and I'm like, no, you're the one, the one that rose amongst thorns in January. So I'm happy to see January go. I don't know why I don't like it. I don't know. My sister loves it. She's like, It's a new year. It's a new perspective. And I'm like, no, I like, I like April. April is like happy. January is sad. Anyway, I'm super glad January is over and I'm so sad that the lion and lamb series is over. I, I've just loved it so much. I have two new series. I don't think that's a word, but whatever that God has given me for the next two series that we're going to do and they're going to be good. They are in production in my mind (laughs) right now, but we'll probably start one in in a couple of weeks. I wanted to give us a little bit of a breather uh, before we go into another series because sometimes they can be a little heavy and I just like to maybe have like a ah, easier week. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. Valentine's Day is just absolutely a precious little day, and I hope that you're having a good one. I hope that you are loved by someone, and if you are not, and you you were like I'm not loved by anyone, you're loved by Jesus, and He is love. And so, happy Valentine's Day to you guys out there. God bless you. Our team loves you. We really, really appreciate all the support that you give us. I'm real excited about this message today. Because in my production meeting, everybody was crying. <laughs> this is actually um a, a message that was hand selected by Amanda and she she is like, I don't know when you did this. I don't even remember you doing this, but I had this and so she she's the one who made her outline today and it was just it was almost like a holy Meeting this morning. It was really, really powerful. So after the break, we are going to talk about that. And I'm going to give you a word from the word. What is happening in my life? Well, last week, Eddie and I, early this year, celebrated 19 years of marriage. Now our anniversary hasn't come yet, but we are, it looks like we're going to make it, guys. It looks like we're going to make it to 19 years. That's just a long time which is a long time. Eddie's had his 40th birthday last week, which I can't even believe that he is 40. Actually, I can believe because I'm over 40 and I've been asking him for a long time. When are you going to turn 40? This is crazy. Your wife should not be in her 40s and you haven't even come yet. Yes, I definitely married a younger man, guys. Anyways, so we went on our trip. Now, where we were, there were whales. Okay, this is like like blew my mind last week. You can't even imagine. <laughs> what we saw last week, it was absolutely unbelievable. I said that, I think I said last week I'm not an animal person, but whales, I don't know. I got a soft spot in my heart for whales. I just love whales. I think they are phenomenal, okay? We're on this boat because we love to go on when we're at the ocean. We love to go on these sunset cruises or like the dolphin cruises or whatever. So we're on this boat and we're seeing whales, and it is absolutely fabulous, unbelievable. Like, everyone is in awe. Like, you love Jesus or not, you're in awe of God's creation when you see a whale jump out of the water. It's crazy. And all of that was great. But then the woman, she was, like, a stewardess, or, like, like she, like, got people, like, beverages and food and stuff like that. The woman said, guys, because I don't know, there's maybe 50 of us on this boat. I have a special treat for you, which I mean, we're all down for a special treat, right? She says, I actually have an underwater microphone and I'm going to put this underwater microphone in the water because male whales sing. And I'm all, you guys know, I am all about this life. And so I look at Eddie and I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever been on in my life. Like you would think I was on the, in a safari in Africa or something. Like I was super into what this woman was saying. I was listening to everything. Eddie feels like I'm, he, he tells me I'm a nerd all the time. Anyways, she takes this microphone. And she lowers this microphone, I don't even know, a couple feet maybe under the water. I all of a sudden hear us on, on the whole boat because they had like a speaker that was projecting this, what she was getting. They projected this sound that was phenomenal. And it was, I don't even know how many, but it was like a choir, you guys. I'm not kidding all of these male whales that were singing the same exact song. I know it was unbelievable. I am so beside myself. I can't even handle that. I'm like, that is so amazing. Like, why do they do that? Of course, you know, uh, all the, the, the nerds on the boat, like me are asking all these questions to her or whatever. And I don't even think she's like a zoologist or anything. I think she just liked whales. But she starts giving us some information about the whales, and one of the things that she says, which I don't know if this is true or not, but it sounded really amazing. It really made me start thinking. She said that this male whale song has been studied by, you know, of course, like every smart whale person of all of of all time. I mean, I'm sure it's been studied by thousands of people. And she said they can't quite figure out why the males sing. It's not for mating purposes. It's not for like food purposes. This is what she was saying. Now, I don't know if she has a degree in whales. I'm just telling you what she told me. And so we're just kind of leaned in and, you know, and everyone's like, wait, they don't know, like there's not a purpose for their song. And you guys, as sure as I am telling you this story, I just felt like the Lord said they're singing to me. And I'm sitting there and all of these people, like, they don't know that I am I love Jesus or whatever, but all of these people are asking the questions because they're, they're thinking, why would a whale sing if there's not a known reason for it? I just told Eddie when we got back in the car and we were leaving, I was like, it was just like, it was so phenomenal, you guys. But I just said, I know why they sing. It's the same reason that we sing. The Bible clearly tells us that all creation worships the Lord. If we don't worship the rocks, the literal rocks will cry out. And I just thought to myself, they're singing to the Lord and they're praising the Lord. And you know what? They're singing one song, you guys, the whale song, which Moses, he's obsessed with fish. And so he was like, actually, mom, these whales, like they sing a different song every year. And if a, if someone brings like a new a new different sound to the song then everyone starts singing. And it is very true. I, I actually watched a national geographic show on this when we came back, but they eventually sing the same song and it's just majestic God's creation. We got such a kick out of that. And like, it's something that I probably will never ever forget because all creation grow creation groans. The Bible says, I mean to worship the Lord and It was just, it was phenomenal. Anyway, that's what's happening in my life. Isn't that cool? It's so cool. Yes. Loved it. Anyway, I'll be back after the break with a word from God's word.
2: I'll see you in a sec. Every day, a new day. Yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X-Y-Z-A. Yeah. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Every day a new day yeah vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day yeah let's go x y z a yeah
0: Okay, guys, we are back from a break and I love, love, love this passage of scripture. I've preached on it a lot and actually I've preached on this particular passage a really lot because I think it just resonates with us. And this is just kind of like a little chocolate morsel for your Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's going to encourage you. But this is for those of you out there that something traumatic has happened in your life and you just don't. See a purpose for it. You just don't understand why God would have allowed something so traumatic to happen in your life. This is going to hopefully give you a little bit of, of perspective. I think I did this a couple of years ago at an all women's conference and it was one of those nights where, where we all just kind of sat in awe of why God allows specific things to happen. I want to take you to John 11. John 11, like I said, is one of my favorite passages of scripture. And I want to tell you this. Your Lazarus has a greater purpose than you think it does, than you think it does. It has a greater Purpose. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the death of Lazarus. let let me read and then I'll apply and encourage you like crazy, hopefully. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Okay. So the sister sent word to Jesus saying, Lord, behold. He who you love is sick, but Jesus heard that when Jesus heard this, he said, the sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of the Lord, so that the son of God may be glorified. Now, I want to just say, before we even get into the guts of what actually happened to Lazarus, God is already saying, this is what is going to happen. This sickness is not going to end in death. He's actually already making a statement. But it's for the glory of God. This sickness is for the glory of God. This sickness is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. This sickness, listen to what I'm saying, is for the glory of God. This sickness is for the glory of God. Now, would we ever, ever, ever look at a sickness and say, it's for the glory of God. No, we would look at a sickness and we would say this, this sickness is from the enemy himself. And and the enemy might very well have brought the sickness on, but God is a God that can turn any sickness, anything that the enemy has brought into our lives for his good and in his purpose. We are the, the believe believers in Jesus are the only people that have hope like this. When Jesus heard Lazarus was sick, he immediately made a statement. And if the disciples and Martha and Mary were listening to what Jesus said, they would understand there is hope. There is going to be hope. Now, what Jesus says sometimes is a little bit weird, but there is going to be a hope out of this. This sickness, verse four, is not to end in death but for the glory of God so that the Son of Man may be glorified by it. I really feel like we could stop right there, honestly. We're four minutes in, and I feel like we could stop right there. <laughs> Somebody out there needs to hear today. What God has allowed in your life, he might want to use it as the greatest Most incredible stamp of the glory manifested in your life. Someone, someone out there that is going through something so horrendous. And I have been there. I've actually got lots of examples I could share with you today. I'm not going to share mine. I'm going to share somebody else's today. But there are things that I have had to stare down. Just like I talked about the lion a couple of weeks ago. Some of you guys are facing someone, something and you need a lion to intimidate it, to stare right back at it. Let me tell you something. If you surrender this thing to the power of the Lord, this thing will give God glory and will probably be legendary amongst you and amongst your friends. We stop at the sickness. We stop at the divorce. We stop at the prodigal child. We stop at the trial. But if we surrender what God has allowed in our lives and give it over to the Lord for his power to be made manifest in it, for just like he said, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it in verse 4, that doesn't have to be the end of the story. We're putting a period when God said, what are you doing? Don't put a period there. You haven't seen my glory yet. Ooh, that's a word. Don't put a period there. You haven't seen my glory yet. When we put God in shackles and we say, well, this is a trial. God must not love me. God must not be aware. Why would God allow this? And when we when we continue to ruminate in our thoughts over and over and over again, you are robbing yourself of what God wants wants to show you is the end of that story. There are so many times in my life where I've stared at something and I have thought, this just can't be the end. This is just this trial that I'm facing right now. God is so good. I just can't settle that this is the way this is going to end in my life. And every time you guys Every time I have done that, whether it's been with my children, whether it's been with, you know, I got, I got all four kids and they all have a story, whether it's been with my husband, whether it's been with our parents, personal things, friends, staff members, whether it's been with the ministry. There has been so many times when I have said, I rebuke you, enemy. This is not how my God is going to end this. If the disciples and Mary and Martha would have just listened, (laughs) they would have thought, wow, there's great hope here. But they didn't because I don't know why, because they're like me. It says in verse five, now Jesus loved Mary, Martha, excuse me, and her sister and Lazarus. So Jesus loved these people. I've talked about that a lot. This was not like, these were not acquaintances to him. He loved them. I had a conversation with a very close friend of mine yesterday, talked to them for a very long time on the phone. And we've just been friends for a really long time. And at the end of the phone call, I said, I love you. I love you. You are my sister. You're my sister. That is what we're seeing here with Jesus and Mary and Martha and and, and Lazarus. These guys are are, our family. You know those friends that just kind of turn into family and you don't really know where they turn into family, but they just did. That is who we're talking about. So, you know, if that friend that I talked to yesterday came to me at any point in my life, at any day, at any time, uh, as a matter of fact, that's actually what I said yesterday. I said, what can I do? How can I help? What can I do? I'll do anything. I'll do anything to help you. This is the same relationship that Mary and Martha and Lazarus had with Jesus. Jesus. Was their family friends that turned into family? He loved them. Verse six. So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in a place where he was. Verse seven. After this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you and you're going there again. Isn't it awesome that Jesus will go into danger for us? That's exactly what he did because they wanted to kill him and he was going to go in because he had something to do with Lazarus. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just seeking to stone you and you're going there again. Verse nine, Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? if anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, but he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. He said, after all that, (laughs) this he said, after all that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Now this is how we know that Lazarus and Jesus were tight. It's it's not time for Jesus to die yet, but he's willing to risk his life in order to go in and to resurrect, as we know the end of the story, Lazarus. He's willing to risk for his friend. He's willing to risk it. Now, obviously, Jesus has angels that he can call down at any second, but I think that that's a very poignant human side of Jesus. The disciples are looking at this saying, Jesus, they're going to stone you we just left there. We just got to safety and you're going back. And Jesus's response was our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to go so that I may awaken him out of sleep. There is something greater right now than risking my life. I want to go and I want to do something for my friend turned family Lazarus. That's a statement, guys. That's a very poignant statement, statement that Jesus did with his life on behalf of his friend. We all have, this is, this to me is very relatable because the way that I'm wired, I'm like passionate about like, if you, if you're in my heart, like you're in my heart forever. Like even if I don't ever talk to you again, <laughs> like you're still in my heart. It's very hard to get people out of my heart. Once you're in, you're right. in. Okay. And I would do anything for people if they just pick up the phone. Hey, and I, and I have, I've had blasts from the past that have texted me and are like, you would not believe what I'm going through. And I've been, Eddie and I both have been able to help people through things that we haven't talked to in years, but Jesus is making a statement. I'm going to go back because my friend needs me. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought he was speaking of literal sleep. And Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Now, there is a much bigger thing happening in this story than Lazarus being resurrected. That is one thing, but what did he tell us in verse four? The sickness is not going to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the son of God may be glorified. Then he dies. What? You just said the sickness was not going to end in death, and then he dies. And then he says, of his family members, I'm glad that he died. I'm glad for your sakes that he died. It's a good thing that he died for your sakes. So that you may believe, but let us go to him. Listen, this story I'm obsessed with for so many reasons. There was more than just Lazarus death happening. Jesus knew the state of the disciples faith. Jesus knew the state of Mary and Martha's faith. Jesus knew the state of the Jews faith in the region. He had talked, he had done all sorts of miracles. He had, you know, everyone's saying, and they were blind, everyone's hearing, and they were deaf. He's doing it. But that is still not enough. It's not reaching everyone. Let's put it that way. Even the disciples, it's not fully penetrating the the capability of Jesus. His disciples that rolled with him, that literally helped him do the miracles. It's not resonating that this guy that we're rolling with has the power over the death, over sin, over ever. This guy is the literal son of God. Now, they, they might say it with their mouth. Peter was the first one that said it. They might say it, but is it ingrained in who they are? Jesus knew that what he was getting ready to do was not really even for Lazarus. What Jesus was getting ready to do was awaken for the first time, maybe. Everyone's eyes as to who he really was. I'm glad. I'm glad for your sakes that he died. So that why verse 15, so that you may believe the disciples after the resurrection of Lazarus were not the same. It was a very pivotal point in their lives. How could you be the same? You saw a dead guy stand up and walk forward and then he ate dinner. Let me make this personal. So many believers are facing a Lazarus. I can't understand why God, why you would allow this? I can't understand. Why would you uh, this? He's faithful. Why would you allow that to happen to him? I remember when my dad was 40, he had his first heart attack. 40. I'm 43. And I remember it as plain as day because I'm like a teenager and my dad is in the you know, the hospital and had to do all the things that, that come with, uh, having a heart attack. And I remember sitting there thinking, my dad has been faithful. God, he has stood in a pulpit for you my entire life. He has proclaimed your name his entire life. Our whole, All of our family is devoted to you. Why would you allow this massive heart attack to happen to him at 40 years old, which I know now is very, very young. I remember thinking as a teenager, is this the God that I serve? I had no concept. that the glory of the Lord was going to be revealed in that situation. I stopped at heart attack. But God, hindsight has shown me the power of God through the struggle of my dad. I've learned how to struggle well. I've learned that the trial is not the end. I've learned that sometimes God loves his people so much and he trusts them so much and he allows things in their life that are hard because he says, this kid won't leave me. This kid is not going to turn his back on me. This kid, he's been faithful for for 40 years to me. He's not going to let me go. So I'm going to choose him for a greater work than he would ever choose for himself. I'm going to show the world what the glory of the Lord looks like through this kid because this kid is faithful to me. My dad is a preacher, still is, but his messages on Sunday don't do justice to the message that his life has preached about suffering and staying faithful, suffering and staying faithful, having health problems and staying faithful. Not once has he ever turned on the name of Jesus. Why? Because he gets this concept, glory of the Lord is being revealed to others through me. When I tell you Lazarus had a holy calling, it's just, it's a calling none of us want. And yet at the same time, all of us want. It's a calling that none of us want to go through. I mean, I don't want to die and be resurrected. I don't know about you. But all of us want. Because Lazarus was chosen to be an instrument Because Jesus loved him, not because Jesus forsook him. It was because Jesus loved him so much and trusted him so much, he knew that he would remain faithful no matter what. I'm glad for your sakes, he said. He died so that you'll believe. What if what you're going through right now, what if your Lazarus situation is for the glory of God to be revealed? To other people. What if you are. Jesus Lazarus. You're carrying a high calling like he did. And Jesus knows that he can wait before he comes because he knows you'll be faithful and you'll be the instrument that he chooses to show his glory to all around you. The Lord told me something one time, and I don't share it very often, but He said, "Will you allow this hurt? Will you allow me to allow this hurt so that it will heal other people?" And I sat for a second and I thought, "No I don't want to do that. No, I don't like that. No, no, Jesus, no Jesus But after I processed the story of Lazarus, I realized... Jesus allowed that hurt so he could heal me. Jesus chose, he chose that crucifixion. And I'm sitting here because of it. Sometimes God chooses us because he desperately wants to show the world his glory. And he allows things that if we just would stop with the hurt, the hurt is hurting you. (laughs) The hurt is hurting you. The hurt is making you upset. The hurt is making you angry. The hurt is making you frustrated. And we all have hurt. But if you stop with the hurt, that's how you're going to stay. You've got to mature in the Lord and understand that there is a greater picture that is happening, right? And, And you're a part of that story. There's a greater story that's happening. And God wants you to be a part of that story. So maybe that hurts. Yes, it was allowed. Yes, it was probably horrific circumstances and nothing that you did yourself and nothing that you could have chosen. But if you stop at the hurt, the hurt will hurt you. You've got to look at that hurt and say, God, am I an instrument for your glory? I'm not going to quit. I'm going to press in. I'm not going to stop because you say, you say what the enemy meant for evil. God meant for good. So I'm not going to stop at the hurt because I don't want to hurt forever. I'm going to give this hurt over to you. And I'm going to say to you, God, bring your glory out of it. I don't know how it doesn't matter, but bring something good out of it. And that is exactly what Jesus was trying to tell them that he was doing. Uh, he was trying to tell them verbally, listen, you're about to see my glory. You're about to actually believe that I am who I say that I am. I'm about to do something crazy. You just buckle up, buttercup. Something amazing is coming down here just a day but the disciples stopped at the death mary and martha stopped at the death let's read it martha said to jesus i'm going to skip down to verse 21 uh martha then said to jesus because she saw him coming lord what does she say if you'd been here my brother would not have died it's so interesting this conversation between martha and jesus because she had sent word to him and he had already said, this is what I'm going to do, right? He told the disciples, I'm glad the sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So this is like, his perspective was already hopeful. She runs up to him and she says, if you would have been here. She's still completely blind to who Jesus is and what he could do. <laughs> and she's like his bestie. It's like, she's, this is this woman's his bestie. It just goes to show show you. No matter how close you are with the Lord, no matter how intimate you are with the Lord, there's still layers you haven't seen yet. I don't care if you're 75 years old. I don't care if you're, you are know, been to 17 seminaries. There are still layers to the Lord, no matter how close you are with him, that you just haven't seen yet. Martha didn't know. She's clueless. Verse 22, even now, a little bit of faith. I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And then she gets all Sunday schooling on me. And Martha, Martha said to him, I know he's going to rise again, Jesus, in the resurrection of the last day, Jesus, little smarty pants. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. He looked at Martha and he said, do you believe this? No, and she didn't. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, (laughs) I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God. Even he who comes into the world. When she had said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, the teacher is here and calling for you. When she heard this, she got up quickly coming to him. And Jesus had not yet come into the village, but he was in the place where Martha had met him. The Jews were coming, the Jews who were coming with her in the house and consoling her When they saw that Mary got up quickly, went out and they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him, fell at his feet, saying, Lord, what'd you say? If you would have been there, if you would have been here, if you would have been here. They both had the same mind. It's over. Jesus came too late. And I feel like that is a word for you. It's over. You didn't show up, Jesus, when we needed you. It's over. Lord, if you would have been there. Little do you know, it's not over. Your faith is about to be strengthened in a way that only God could do. I'll tell you guys this, and I've shared this multiple times, but Amanda is my sister-in-law. And uh, she was super emotional this morning. I haven't told her I'm going to share this, but I will. (laughs) I'll call her. (laughs) She's good people. And it's so crazy because you guys know about my brother's motorcycle accident, but it's been four years. And while we've seen miracles and miracles and miracles in my brother's arm, it seems to be a little bit better every time I see him. It's been four years. It's been about four days. At this point, since Lazarus has died, I was talking to her this morning, and she just said, "Autumn is just so crazy because I got a phone call from a friend asking about David's arm, and you know, David is my brother's name's David, and it was crazy." Eddie, my husband, randomly asked me last week about David's arm, and I had asked her, and she he, she just said, there's, "There's just so many people that are asking, and we kind of don't." really know what to say because we don't have an answer as to why his arm isn't healed yet, because we know what God has told us he is going to do. It's hard to reconcile. David's a pastor. He's faithful. He's an integrous man. My sister-in-law is like the bomb. She's amazing. How do you reconcile that? The way you reconcile it is this. God, what did you say? What did he say? Verse four, the sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified by it. You take what God has said, what did he say? Amanda, what did he say? What did he say to me? What did he confirm to all these people? He said that he was going to heal his arm. It's been four years. It was four days and Lazarus was dead as a doornail. But yet the miracle was still in motion. The miracle was still in process. The miracle there was still progressing toward the glory of God. The glory of God had not been manifested yet, but it had just shown up. We're in the middle of this and she's like, I looked at all these outlines and I pulled this one. I don't even know when you did it, but I read it and I just was so overtaken by it. And we were both overtaken on the call this morning. All I could say before we finished was we we just started praying. Resurrect him. Resurrect that arm for your glory, not for our glory, for your glory. Do what you said. Do what you said. I will never settle for death when God has promised me life. I'm just not going to do that. Lord, if you would have been there. Jesus said, where's lay him? Where's he at? Where's he at? Which tomb? What's his address? Come and see. Then Jesus wept the Jews were saying see how he loved him I honestly think that he was weeping there because no one believed in Jesus (laughs) I actually think it's the the opposite effect, but that's a story for another day I feel like he wept because he saw the reality that they actually did not believe in him based on their response to what he has said so anyway that's a story for another day verse 38 so Jesus again being deeply moved within you, you see what I'm saying here like we think Jesus is left and he's moved You think when you were betrayed, he wasn't with you, but actually it moved his heart. He was sad about it. He's moved when his people hurt. He came to the tomb. It was a cave. Jesus said, remove the stone. Sister of the deceased, Martha, Maldi one, he's going to stink. He's been dead. How long? Four days. Jesus said, or did I not? Did I not say? Do you remember what I said to you? Do you remember what my word said? Do you remember what I told you? I told you something and you've already forgotten it. Did I not say to you that if you believe you would see the glory of God? I said that. What did Jesus say to you during the process of your Lazarus? Has God given you a word from his spirit or from his word? Has God given you a word of hope? Have you clung to a scripture? He said, didn't I say this? How many times I got to say this to you, Martha? My goodness, open your ears. So they removed the stone. Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, thank you that you heard me. I know you always hear me. But because of the people standing here, all these people who don't believe in you, I said it. So they may believe that you have heard me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died come forth bound hand and foot wrappings and his face was wrapped around his cloth. And Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. Listen to this. And this is the whole point of what I'm saying. Therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done, believed in him. Many. Many. When Lazarus walked out of the tomb, a lot of people's dead faith walked out with them alive for the first time. What Lazarus did to that community made it alive. That miracle wasn't just for Lazarus, it was for the disciples. Mary and Martha, it was for the Jews that were standing there and it's for you and your Lazarus and it's for me and mine. I want to take you to the next page. In John 12, it talks about Mary anointing Jesus' feet and it's, there's like a whole, it's like a whole thing. You guys have heard it. I don't want to focus on Mary. I want to focus on Lazarus here. This is after he's resurrected, you guys, after he's resurrected. Hello. He's not dead anymore. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus raised from the dead. (laughs) I love how, how subtle that is in there. And by the way, he was raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there and Martha was serving Martha precious. But Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table. Wouldn't it be crazy if you were dead and then you weren't and then you reclined at a table with Jesus and ate like spaghetti and French bread and you salad. (laughs) That would be amazing. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume. We know the story of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house filled with a fragrance of perfume. I'm going to skip down. Verse nine, the large crowd of the Jews then learned that Jesus was there and they came, listen to this verse. They came to the house where Jesus and Lazarus and Martha and Mary were and everyone was just chilling, having spaghetti and they came not for Jesus's sake only. This is John twelve nine, but that they also could see Lazarus whom he raised from the dead. Verse 10, but the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death also because they couldn't deal with Lazarus being alive too because he was a manifestation of the glory of the Lord. Verse 11, because on account of him, Lazarus, the dude who was dead, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away but, and we're believing in Jesus. Do you hear what I'm telling you? If you stop at the death, if you stop at the sickness, if you stop at the divorce, if you stop at the prodigal child, if you stop at those things, do, do you understand what you also stop? You also stop the very hope of the manifestation of the power of God in your life that will affect not just you, your family, towns, cities, countries, and the world. The Jews came to that dinner, not just to see Jesus, the guy with all the power. They wanted to see with their own eyes, did Jesus really raise this dude from the dead? Because if he did, I got to see it to believe it. And once they saw it, they believed it. It will be legendary. It will be your legacy. It will be something that generations from now talk about. Your Lazarus, it has so much purpose. So much purpose. So much purpose. He wants to show his glory through you. I talk about my adoption all the time. And I just, I, sometimes I think, you know, we talk about it, but we don't really, we're, we're not able to share the depths. Of the personal emotion that kind of went into that whole thing i just want to say that we if you don't know the story we're on the list for years and um, got chosen by a birth mother with twin girls so she said and uh, like our whole family rejoiced because we were we just i couldn't wait to adopt i can i just love my kids so much we weren't expecting four, we were expecting three, but God looked like he was gonna give us two children to adopt. A lot of you know the story, it's written in most of my books. The Holy Spirit told me this woman is, is not pregnant. <laughs> she she was scamming us, it was terrible. And I could have stopped there. Any of you moms know out there how devastating it is to lose a child from miscarriage. It's a different kind of loss. But it affected me deeply. Having already had two of my children, I just couldn't wait to add to our family. And I remember, gosh, praying, 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 wanting to give up, but knowing I couldn't. Wanting to throw in the towel, but knowing the Spirit of God wouldn't let me do that. But he did let me mourn. I told Daddy, we have to come off the list. I can't do this. This is emotional heartbreak. is absolutely the worst thing of all time. I remember praying after that loss and it was just, it was just heartache. It was betrayal. It was lies. It was horrible. And the Lord said, I want you to turn your Bible to Isaiah 60. I'm, I'm not going to be able to read this without crying. 61 verse seven. It says this, instead of your shame, you will have a double portion. Instead of your humiliation, which is how we felt, they will shout for joy over their portion. Therefore, they will possess a double portion in their land. Everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery. <laughs> so specific in burnt offerings, and I will faithfully give them. Recompense. That's dated in my Bible, December 8th, 2014. We didn't even know about Moses until February 18th, 2015. We got a call about Moses on a Wednesday. Two months later, he was born two days later. And the very next day on that Thursday, we got a call about Haven. God used our Lazarus story. It looked dead, but he said, no, instead of your shame, you'll have a double portion. And I got two double portion babies running around my house every single day. You stop at the pain, the hurt will hurt you. But if you surrender that to Jesus and say, I know this is a Lazarus, bring your glory out of it. I have shared on international stages, I don't even know how many times, to millions and millions of people about the story of God's glory that only he could get the glory from from our adoption story. It has instigated other people to adopt. It's instigated their faith. It's resurrected their faith all because he chose us like he chose Lazarus to do something that would be legendary. They don't even know how legendary they are yet, but they're a promise fulfilled. People come and see them and say, a lot of times people will notice me because of them. It'll be like, you're Moses in Haven. And Haven will be like, who are you? <laughs> they're like, where's your mom? <laughs> it's Happened a couple of times, a little creepy, but you know, your Lazarus has a purpose. Being the Lazarus is a high calling. Don't stop at the hurt. Push through. Lord, we love you today. Your faithfulness, your word says your faithfulness reaches to the skies. You are good. I just get this picture, Lord, of you having all of this goodness ready, waiting in bags, almost like Santa Claus. Just a picture of clouds full of goodness, Lord, that you want to release to those that ask for it. I pray for that person that is facing a Lazarus and it's hard. Just get a vivid image of you carrying goodness with you spirit of God. I pray that that person that is hearing me today, God, I pray that they would ask you to manifest your goodness in their life. If they can't see it already, God, I pray for that person that you've chosen with a Lazarus story, or maybe they even are a Lazarus. I pray, Lord God, that you remind them to listen. This isn't the end. I've chosen you. Glory is coming. We love you so much. I love you, Lord, that you can be trusted with these things. You are good. You are good. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I cried a lot today. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'll see you after the break with our question and our story from you
2: guys. Every day. A new day, yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, yeah.
1: Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the word of God. Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online, in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at at Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts.
2: Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go X-Y-Z-A, yeah.
0: Okie doke, guys, we are back. I have a testimony that's absolutely unbelievable from you. Um, I don't have a name, but (laughs) when she read it to me, I was like, wow. I was saved out of 23 years as a witch. Isn't that crazy? 13 of those years, I served as a high priestess. Three words shared with me by a pastor. Jesus loves you. Is what the Holy Spirit used to pierce into the darkness of my heart. He has completely changed, healed, and renewed my heart and mind. That is incredible. I hope you're listening today, because I just want to tell you God has an amazing plans for you. Amazing. When they read this to me this morning, I about fell out. Well, I was driving, so I couldn't fall out of my chair, but. I was just in awe. The power of God is not limited. He is not confined. And I'm so thankful for that pastor that all he did was share three words. Maybe we just walk up to people and say, Jesus, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. You, even you. He loves you. Jesus loves you. What if we just said that to people? Three words changed this person's life. I love it. And I am so grateful That you, um, the Lord has come in and and revolutionized your life. This is what's amongst us, guys. These are, these are our people. (laughs) These are our people that I couldn't be happier about it. I love it so much. I have a question, um, from somebody. My passion has always been youth ministry and I have served in youth ministry for 13 years. The church I now go to hired a new youth leader and isn't interested in my help. Do I give up? On serving with the youth, or do I try something new? Do I talk to the pastor? What would you do? Okay. What I would not do is cause a stir amongst the leadership. I wouldn't do that. But let me just push back on this a little bit. Your passion for youth ministry, which you've served with, you've served with it for 13 years, which is amazing. But sometimes these odd rejections, <laughs> because I'm thinking, I don't know of a church that's like, no, don't help me. That's kind of weird. <laughs> but sometimes these rejections are God saying, I want to show you something else you're passionate about. Maybe that season, maybe it's not over, but maybe he's putting it on pause because he sees you're good at other things and he wants to awaken your passion in other ways. This is how opportunities are made. Some of the greatest opportunities I've ever had are through no's, through closed doors, God uses closed door. A closed door is an answer. So my advice to you would be not to cause a stink. My advice to you would be, where do they need you at this church? Because I'm guaranteeing, yeah, <laughs> being a, being in ministry for 20 years, I am guaranteeing well, over 20 years now, 20 about 25 years now, being in ministry this long, someone in that church is going to be real happy to hear that you want to serve. It's asking the Lord, where, where would you have me? What do you want to teach me about myself? So um, that's my answer to that. Love you guys so much. You are amazing. I will see you next week with another episode of the Autumn Miles show. Come back, come join us. I'll see you then.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Autumn Miles show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available. From her books and past episodes, to her video series, we've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today, and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.